just finished writing the questions like five minutes before I was like God for real like for real like you gonna do me like this right now like I've been I've been just like looking at your stuff and like looking at some of your videos and I was like where you want me to go with this like where do you want me to go he wasn't telling me anything I always tell my daughter I'm like oh she'd be like you'll be all right that's how that's how she she just throw me. She'd be like, "You be all right. You always come up with something." I'd be like, "Can I get a little bit of like? I just need some, some love right now." But well, I mean, actually, I think that should be the thing. Um, love. Mm. I we we're gonna hit that too because I do. Actually, I'm glad you said that because I had another question for that that I did not write down. So, okay. but anyway, this is what. This is what I he, what I heard, what what I got, and it might change. It might go left. It might go right. Like who knows? I don't know because we just we just chilling. So okay. Any, <laughs> anyway, let me get before I get ahead of myself because I get excited because I just like I just so excited to talk to folks and like because that's what I do. So <laughs> anyway, all right, let me um let me get into this uh this this welcome this thing and, and everything and get it rolling and we're gonna get started all right y'all welcome to another episode of praying and preaking with your girl georgette aka the preaker and i am super excited i know i say it every time you hear this but it's really really true like i'm super excited because i'm like in my element if y'all can see me like my hands like when i get excited y'all know like my hands get to go and like i'm talking with my hands and all of that but i'm super excited because in the building today i have none other than bianca j jackson she gotta put that j she always had that j in the middle so i'm gonna give her her j like yeah. bianca j jackson okay don't get it wrong <laughs> But I am super excited because this is one of my homegirls. She is from Philadelphia as well. So I'm always excited to sit down and talk to people who share that experience of growing up in Philadelphia. And so I just want to welcome you. Before we get started, before I get ahead of myself, let me get into this quick word of prayer. And then the next voice you will hear will be none other than Bianca J. Jackson as we welcome her to praying and preaking. So, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come right now, first and foremost, God, just thanking you, thanking you, thank you for another day, Lord God. Lord, thanking you for an opportunity, Father God, to be able to sit down, Father God, and chit chat. I thank Bianca for making time out of her busy schedule, Lord God, because she is busy, Lord God. So I thank you for her. I thank you for this time. I do not take it lightly, Lord God. Lord, I ask that everything that she touches, Lord God, that it will continue to grow, manifest, Father God, that it will be even more than what she can even think, dream, or ask, Lord God. All the people that are lined up waiting for her, Lord God, let her be able to stay encouraged, Lord God. Give her the strength, the energy, the know-how, the discernment, the 
connections, the collaborations, everything that she needs, Father God, to do your work. We thank you. We honor you. And if this could just help one person, Father God, if this laughter, if this conversation can just help one, we will be excited. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. 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 All right, Bianca. So I always let my guests introduce themselves, say whatever it is that they want to say, because who knows you better than you other than God himself and I, and I'm not him at all. So I'm going to sip on my coffee while you tell the people whatever it is that you want them to, to, to whatever you want to say, whatever you want to say. Welcome. Well, well, thank you. Thank you. You know, this today I'm starting off in a very peaceful place, right? And so we talked a little bit about this, um, just of, of a place of love. So, hey, everybody, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter what time you're listening to this. But my name is Bianca J. Jackson, and um, I don't know, I, I do work, I do his work. And so I try to be quiet long enough so that he can give me my instructions. Mm. Of what I need to do and not question it. You know how like um I'm a recovering perfectionist. Uh, you know, in my yeah, yeah in my corporate world, uh, in the corporate space, I used to be a technology project manager, right? So you have very specific expectations of you know what you need to do as monitoring a team, managing a team, managing budgets, making sure the things that were promised were actually delivered. And so now being in this space of an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur led by faith, right? And intuition is a mm. different, it's, it's different. It, you got to move different. You got to listen different. And just because you have something on your agenda or things that you want to do, <laughs> you got to be obedient. And so sometimes I'd be in here like, you want me to do what? <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna take this nap and <laughs> forget the, the 10 things on that to do list. And so, in me being faithful and obedient to what I'm led to do based on what he wants me to do, it has provided so many great opportunities. And so, I want anyone listening to this is that sometimes you gotta put your to do list down and mm. just in, right? Tune in, and it's Helpful if you can tune in in the morning before the world starts requiring and demanding of you of what he wants you to do. And so like even today, there were some things that I had on my to do list, but I purposely went back to sleep after I woke up at like 6 a.m. <laughs> I went back to sleep to nine and I was like, all right, you know, I'm rested. now, Right. So I can really focus. So that's what I want people to know is that it's OK to be organized. It's OK to have to do lists, But. At the end of the day, you got to make sure that you're being led. You got to be led because you can knock off all the stuff on your to-do list and still feel like you don't have all the money that you want and still not feel like you got all the things that you want. You can still feel like you don't have time for yourself. But if you allow yourself to be led by whatever you're calling your mission and your faith, intuition, whatever you want to call it, you feel a sense of um, satisfaction at the end of the day. Mm. So I just believe in satisfaction over being content. I think content is a bad word. <laughs> I think we should like start to remove it from my categories and like how can we get to a place of being satisfied that something is done and is good and now you can move on to the next thing versus always picking it back up and tinkering. So that's what I want people to know this morning or today. Mm. <laughs> that was a whole 
whole world. You ain't got to be all up in my household. I'm supposed to be talking to you. Like, that was a whole word for me this morning. I th- Listen here. He will send you what you need, when you need it, how you need it. Oh, Absolutely. That was good. That was good. Thank you. So even with that, I didn't know I was going to say all that. It just all came out. I know. And see, that's why I don't tell you guys what we're talking about. Even though me and Bianca was just laughing before, I literally just, I told her, I literally just wrote the last question like <laughs> at 12.25, like five minutes before we started this interview. And so I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to let God, this is what I heard. I heard this topic first and then I was like, okay, I need some questions. And what I heard when I was thinking as I was going through your feed, because I know Bianca, I met Bianca, but I really don't know Bianca. You know what I mean? And so I... um. I was like, God, and I was just watching. I know all of the great things that you're doing and what's been happening with you. And what I mean, how it's just been like, boom, like it's just been an explosion. And as I was going deeper, though, and like looking at some of your your lives and looking at some of the things just trying to come up, I heard um, authentically be and that's what I want to talk about, like Mm. and. It could be like, I literally just heard authentically be just the letter B. And that means Bianca. Like, and then I'm just, as I just said it out though, I was like, wow. And that's authentically B, like B-E too. Like, I mean, it has a dual meaning and I just, wow, look at that and see. So I want to know, and it's so funny because usually when I tell people, you know, introduce yourself, say what it is that you want to say, most people start talking about like what they do and all that. And you didn't even do that. Like you went on a whole nother tangent. And it's so I love it because this is definitely probably where we need to be. Because my first question to you was like, who is Bianca J. Jackson? And what I mean by that is I want to know like, who is that little brown girl that grew up, you know, in the streets of Philadelphia? We're both from Philly, so I know what my experience was like. And what part of Philly are you from, Bianca? North I can't Philly, remember. so I was going to mention that. Yeah, so she's from North Philly as well. So, hey. And so, yeah, so I just want to start there. Like, like, who is Bianca J. Jackson? Like, who is that little brown girl that grew up in the streets of Philadelphia? And, yeah, that's where I, I just want to start right there. All right, well, we can start right there. So, yes, I'm the little brown girl who grew up on just about 26 and Gerard. So um, if you know the college wall, I actually grew up on 25th Street, but most people know 26 and Gerard, not too far away from the zoo. And so when we were eight, when I was eight, my parents bought a house there. They still um, have the house. I should say my mom lives there. My, my father passed away last year. But, like, that was the neighborhood. And I never forget, like, in my mind, my neighborhood was like four square blocks. You know how it is like in Philly, right? You just don't go too many places outside of your neighborhood. So my, in my mind, my neighborhood was four square blocks. So I knew that neighborhood like the back of my hand. And when I went beyond that, I was like, I don't know what's over here. Um, but I was quiet. I was quiet. I was reserved. I was studious. Um, my sister was more of the socialite. So I actually had three sisters, one brother. So the one next to me was the socialite. So everybody in the streets knew her. So anytime I went somewhere, they were like, oh, ain't you Asia's sister? I'm like, no, Asia's my sister because I'm the oldest, right? <laughs> and they knew me because I was always in the house. I was always studying. Um, I was just super quiet. And so, you know, if you could imagine growing up in Philly, North Philly, depending on what school you went to, being smart was a good thing or it was a bad thing. 
right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Elementary school, it was a good thing. In middle school, it was a terrible thing. Um, by the time I went to high school, it was a good thing because I went to like ENS, right? So engineering, science, special admit school, they pull students from all over the city. And so that was my experience. I grew up with two parents who, you know, they loved each other in their own way, right? My dad is ex was ex-Navy, right? And so we were stationed in Japan for the first few years of our lives, and then we came back to Philly. But my whole family lived in Philly, so all over North Philly. So you have Francisville, 17th Street, like 17th and Master. We lived around 26th and Gerard, specifically 25th Street. And so although those neighborhoods, those different pockets of North Philly, you know, you had the different neighborhoods within the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So, um, some distance away, we would walk, right? Because, you know, no one was really catching the bus, right? So we would walk to the different neighborhoods. And so that was my experience. Um, my father, his sister didn't live too far away from us. And then um, his mom didn't live too far away from us either. So it was like 20 minutes or less than 20 minutes one way than 20 minutes the other way. But I just lived in a very tight knit community, right? So I had a lot of family around. I had older cousins who were like big sisters and they ain't played no games about their little cousins. And um, that's, that's just what it was. So if you can imagine, I was literally the quietest one out the group and they were all turned up. They still... Mm. To this day, right? <laughs> it turned up to this day, but I wouldn't change anything from the, you know, um, I wouldn't change anything of the world for them. Like my dad was loud, my cousins was loud, my aunt is still loud. Um, my grandma, I don't think she was loud, but she might have been when she was younger, and that's where they could have probably got it from, right? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so you just imagine I was the quiet one, super, super quiet, and it wasn't until you know, I left North Philly, went to college at Drexel, which is in University City or whatever, completely different world. Mm-hmm. Now, it's really interesting is that at the time, 30 something years ago, North Philly was segregated. So I went to black schools because I lived in the black community. I didn't see like my first white people until we got to like, like went to school with them, I should say, into high school. And then went from being the majority in majority black spaces to being a minority at Drexel. And you're talking about culture shock, Mm. culture shock. I'm like, what is going on here? Where are the black teachers? (laughs) 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 The rest of the black students, I don't understand. But it was a, it was a rude awakening. So, you know, the little brown girl from North Philly got uh, a rude awakening in education when she got to college. So yeah, for right now. Yeah. And, and so that's good. I'm glad. Cause that leads right into the next question. And so because of those experiences and see, I had no idea that they, I mean, I knew you went to Drexel cause I saw that. So how did that now, like that growing up, like how did that now, you know, create or shape who you are today? Like who the Bianca J. Jackson is today from that experience? No, that's a great question. I'm going to be completely honest and transparent. Initially, when I first got there, I felt ashamed. I Mm. felt because I felt like I wasn't as smart as I was made to be in my schools in my neighborhood. Wow. I was ashamed because I didn't have the same money, the same clothes, the same shoes as some of the other students who were mm. there. 
Um, but I did feel like in some regards and respects that I had a leg up, right? So they, because they came from very spoiled households, they didn't know how to do something like cook or wash clothes, right? And so I'll never forget the one time the one lady was like, I don't even know how to operate this. Like, what do I do? It's like, well, you put your quarters here, you push it in, you close it, you know, the top, you put your detergent in and then you turn it on. Like, what's the problem, right? And so, you know, I would say the first few months I went through this period of shame, like, because I'm just like, I'm not on their level. And then as I tried to find ways to get rid of the shame, so meaning like, finding more black people on campus and doing more black activities. I wound up joining like the BSU. So the black student union at that time. And then I found my community of black folks at the white university. And so that's how it started to change. And then I actually started to question um, some of my foundational beliefs of like what it is to be black. And so that helped propel me into where I'm in now. So I was always kind of like, I grew up in a pro-Black household. You know, my parents let me listen to PE, like Public Enemy when I was a teenager. (laughs) And so I went back to that, right? So instead of like saying, I feel inferior, it's just like, no, these are all the reasons why I'm special and why I'm great. And so it helped build me up. So I became Blackly Black Right. Um, I wouldn't say, you know, to the, the point of being like, you know, what people would probably say, like Hotep. Right. But um, just appreciation. Right. Appreciation of all black people, no matter where they come from. And so even getting to drugs. So that was my first interaction with international black people. So hmm. we had Caribbean people all sprinkled in different places of um, North Philly, but we didn't have anyone like straight from like Nigeria, Ghana, or whatever, or at least they they didn't say it out loud, right? And so even going going to university, going to Drexel, even dealing with them and like what it do, what does it mean to be black around the world? So um, some really mm. conversations came up, and it just really started to shape who I am today. And the other thing that I think is really helpful is. I don't know, I start developing this defiance. Defiance in the sense of like, I don't need to, I, I think that the groundwork, the groundwork started, right? I don't need to really define myself on your terms. And so it didn't really start to flourish until maybe like year 10 or year 11 in corporate America where I'm just like, all right, no matter what I do, nothing, nothing seems to appease you, right? So, you know, I graduate from undergrad with a BS, right? Okay, yeah, that's great. So does thousands of other people, right? I go to school, get an MBA. Okay, yeah, that's great. So do other people, right? Then, you know, you perform really well. You get promotions, you get profit sharing, you get raises. And like that didn't really seem to make a difference. And I was just like, okay. So I think I figured this out. This ain't the place for me. <laughs> and if y'all are willing to pay me this much money to be in here and frustrate me, how much money can I make out on the street by myself where you're not frustrating me? Mm. So that's where I took it. I think when I had the realization that companies don't take a loss of employees, they actually make more than what they pay you. That was the light bulb for me. It was just like, let's just say you, you finally get a job where you're making six figures you better believe that they're making way more than that six figures that they're paying you by you having to do that job. And so it was a light bulb. It was a light bulb moment for Mm. me. It was just like, I'm way too smart to be here. And Mm -hmm. I don't figure it out initially, like upfront, I'm gonna figure it out. 
no matter how it takes me because I don't know, I was joking with my friend earlier today is like with COVID, although it was unfortunate, I think it was a massive reset that the world needed. And, you know, helping people re redefine and just analyze what they're doing with their time, what they're giving their energy to. And, you know, finally, you know, putting them face to face of like, all right, am I staying in this dead end job or am I getting out? And so mm-hmm. made a decision that they were getting out. Yeah. Or starting to build something for themselves. So, um, yeah, so that's that's how I ended up here. Um, running two businesses, right? So one is an art gallery meeting space called Brick Rose Exchange in Baltimore, which is really cool and fun to do, right? Uh, you know, the other is a consulting business, which is also fun, but is is all virtual, right? So working with people, helping them build the platforms in which they want to do it. So specifically around LinkedIn. And so I speak, I teach, I train. I mean, I do the things, right, to help people really build the platforms that they want. And when it comes to Brick Rose, I, I like to tell people that I'm offering my platform for others to have their voices heard. So it's mm. like platform builder slash curator. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Yes, yes. And look, she got a little ahead. We're going to get there. We're going to get there to all that good stuff. Yeah. I want to know, though, I have another. What, so what did you want to be or like, what did you want to do when you were growing up? Like what what was like, what did Bianca want to be? You know, we all have these things when we growing up. I'm going to be this when I grow up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I, I, I was curious to know what did you want to what do you want to be? So, you know, what's really funny about that question is that I think the best way I could explain what I wanted to do was be a teacher. Right. But when people hear a teacher, they they have one particular image in mind. Like I didn't have this image. I just said I wanted to be a teacher. I just wanted to teach people stuff. And so I actually fell in love with computers at age 10. And so I got my first computer. I started to learn how to code. And so that was my trajectory. So I didn't know how I could bring like computer science and teaching together. And I don't think that I ever technically did. But um, through coaching, I feel like I'm a teacher. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. And so in helping people, especially like really realize their greatness and to be able to talk about it, like that's fulfilling to me. Right. It's fulfilling and helping people track, attract and target the opportunities that they want. That's appealing to me, too, because I think a lot of times when you when you grow up in certain neighborhoods or you're limited by your network, you feel like some things are impossible. And mm. until you, you know, kind of like say, say to God, say to the universe, whatever you want to call it, right? That you want X, Y, and Z to happen and you put work towards it. And then you start to see you like, oh, shucks, this, oh, shucks. <laughs> So it's, it's good. So I like teaching people how to, one, be very clear on what it is that they want and then put in the work that they can to get that thing to come to them, either by targeting it or attracting it. And But it's just like being really confident about who they are. And so it's so funny as I'm talking to you, it's like I'm talking to myself, too. For a long period of time, um, I would never tell people that I want a Pulitzer, right? And so I didn't win it like personally myself. It was like a team effort. So when I was mm-hmm. at USA Today, 
our project that we worked on won a Pulitzer Prize. And so I remember I was talking to my homegirl and she was like coaching and training me, right? She was like, you better tell everybody you want a Pulitzer girl, like that ain't average. And I was just like, yeah, but you know, it's a team project. She's like, girl, bye. She was like, you know how many, especially like men, right? Men would be like, oh, well, you know, I saved the world. Didn't you see that, right? And so um, why not? Why not tell people about this Pulitzer Prize that was awarded for a project that you managed, right? And so I would say like, you know, like that was the pinnacle of my career and even having the courage to be able to tell that story. And so now I feel more comfortable with it, right? Like I'm like, yeah, that's right. I was a project manager for that, you know, for that project. But like there were so many great and amazing people on that team that I'm just like, I can't take it. Like I wouldn't want people to think that this was my award only, like this was definitely a team award. And so just being able to own our greatness in whatever capacity that we've contributed to it, I think is extremely important for anyone listening or anyone who's listening and knows someone else who's who's, who's suffering from self-doubt, right? It's like, you better claim all your wins. Auntie, you better claim them all. Listen here, he didn't give them to you not to leave. Listen. We are to shine our light bright, okay? Mm-hmm. Because there was work behind that. And we're we going to get to that because I even have a question about that. Like, okay. And we're going to talk about that. So it's just, I tell you, he always, like, he gives it to me. He, he lines it up. <laughs> Everything always happens, right? And, and so, like you said earlier, sometimes you just got to let it go. And that's what I do. And that's when you know that you truly are, like, in the space that you're supposed to be in because like I don't worry I'm just like okay God like okay we we gonna get on here I'm gonna do this thing now you and so but it always works out like it always works out and it's always questions and we always have a great conversation and so I I have before I shift gears a little bit and go to your greatness and all the good things that have been manifesting over there or up over her, y'all. Listen here, this woman just said, shine like a diamond. Shine like a diamond. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm always trying to sing and I can't sing. I, I have this question came to me and I was like, wow. I was like, you want me to ask her this seriously? Like, okay, you really want me to ask her this question. And it's because I listened to, um, like I said, I was listening to some of your um, lives that she she has a lot that she comes on and she they're funny too. Some of them are funny. She's eating her, her she loves sweets. Anybody that knows Bianca knows she loves sweets. Yes. But there was one in particular that um, I caught this morning and you came on and you were talking about um, an unfortunate incident for your cousin who was murdered. And... Okay this question came up to me and I just got to chill even when I said it, but um, the dash that we all one day will have, we we all will get that. If we are living right now, we're going to have that dash is is inevitable. Like we all are going to pass away. And so I heard the question, like, what do you want that dash to stand for when Bianca J Jackson is no longer here? Impact. Mm. It's really that simple. And so when DMX passed, right, or he was nearing, right, it it wasn't official, but people kept going back and forth with it. The most important thing for me was not necessarily posting his end date, but showing people the impact. And so the one thing that I posted on IG was him in front of a crowd. There had to be 
tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people outside singing his song with him, mosh pitting it up. And like in the middle of summer, cause you know, it's hot, but they, all these people knew his songs. And so I want that dash to be impact. Right. And mm. so I don't think that it'll be like on a DMX level where it's hundreds of thousands of people. It could be, right? I don't know. But for the people who felt like I've impacted their lives, hopefully it's an impact where it's just like I was at a fork in a row. And when I came across Bianca, my life just took off. I was in a fork in a row and I was just sad and I didn't know how I was going to move forward. But then after talking to her or encountering her, I did. My encounter with Bianca helped me get my fledgling, you know, um, company idea to a multi-million dollar thing. And I could have not done it without her. Like, even if that's three people, that's what I want the dash to be, the impact part of it. Because one of the things that I truly believe in is that we didn't come here. We're not put here to do things by ourselves. It's about collaboration and you know what's really funny about this question? Um, I actually hit up a friend of mine earlier today. And so this was totally unsolicited. I said, all right, girl, when we working on your company this week? And she hit me with the, the, the eye emojis like, uh-oh. <laughs> I was like, I, she was like, well, how about Thursday or Friday? And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to be gone. And I'm going to Philly. Um, you can come by today or tomorrow. Or we can wait till Sunday or after that. So she ain't hit me back yet. Cause I don't think she was expecting it, but what she's working on is going to be revolutionary. And I keep telling her in wow. the, and the half that we've known each other. Um, the reason I'm going so hard for you and what you're doing, because I believe in your mission and I believe in the impact that it's going to have on the world. Right. And so I can't let her get off without doing her thing. I can't let, I can't let myself get off from doing my thing of having the impact that I have through Brick Rose and also through the consulting company. So impact is the most important thing. Um, would, you know, in that dash, having an ocean front house with, you know, a fly ass husband. <laughs> and Come on kids, now. Yeah. And some cute kids, you know, be a part of the dash. Hopefully so. Right. Um, or, you know, whatever our babies are at that point in time. But um, the most important thing is the impact part. So that's amazing. I love it. Like, um, yeah, that that was hot right there. That was. I'm glad I did ask that question. Thank you, mm-hmm. God, for giving it to me. Like, I was like, you want me to ask? You know, because when you start talking about death and things like that, people. I mean, it doesn't bother me because. <clears throat> We all gotta go. I mean, it's just we just yes. hope that we we just hope that is later sooner. You know, <laughs> that is later sooner than earlier. We all hope that, but that's wonderful. And, and it's so funny that you brought up DMX because I really didn't. Um, and I kind of shared this in my lives and stuff that I was doing. I really didn't like my girlfriend is a huge. I mean, like a huge DMX fan, and so she was so like broken I mean like broken hearted when he died and but it got me to learn more about him too as a person because mm-hmm. once I you know just saw like you said the impact that he was I mean and like so many people and so I really learned a lot about him I really 
it was just amazing to even see, you know, the impact that he did have on people, like, and how, even though he had his own demons, like, Mm -hmm. he was still amazing. Like, we all have our own struggles, each and every one of us, you know what I mean? But it was just amazing because a lot of people turned their lives around because of him. You know, a lot of people gave their lives to God because of him, like, you know, and so it's just amazing, like, to, we just can't judge, like, you don't know, like, you just don't know what people are really really doing and what God has called them to do and so it was amazing like just to see and learn more about him so mm-hmm. but I love that question so all right now we're we going to get into some 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 lighter things so go ahead now and just tell us about Brick Rose and and your consulting and what you're where how all of that started and I also want to know like Drop three nuggets on. Um, well, let's talk about brick. Just, just tell us like about brick rose and and how that all came about, what it is, and like because this thing right here is fire. So let's start there, and then I'll get to the other question. <laughs> yeah. So actually, let's do this. Let's go chronological because that's easier to see how brick rose came. Right. Okay. So, um, I would say 2014 or so was just like when I really was like getting tired of corporate America, it was like, I need to build something for myself. So while I was working, I started to build. And so my first company, the digital marketing company took, went through many iterations until I landed where I am now. And so I first wanted to teach kids how to use technology to get jobs, right? Like that's initially where it started. And so I was like, I teach them LinkedIn and, you know, in college students, I could teach them LinkedIn and other things, right? Other tools that were on the market. And what I started to notice is that there were a lot of nonprofits already kind of doing career development work. And I was like, they're not going to pay me if there's a bunch of nonprofits already doing this. So then it went to career coaching. So I was a career coach for, you know, um, entry level, mid level, and even some executive level women or people. And then when I made the decision that I'm going to call out women specifically, there was something really weird happened, which is um, opposite to most people. What they would believe is that I actually got a lot of men in my inbox. It's like, yo, can you help me too? Right. So I'm going to tell anyone listening, don't be afraid to niche because even the people who fall outside of the niche are going to be like, well, why, you know, why don't you serve us? Or can you help me too? So um, be very specific about who you want to serve and then other people who hear your message and resonate with it will come to you. So it went from career coaching. I was like, you know, there's such mindset blocks when it comes to careers that some people just can't get over. And so I'm not a mindset coach. And so I got exhausted. (laughs) I got got exhausted because what we're not going to do is sit here. Oh, I lost you. Uh Uh-oh. If this is my internet or come on. Oh boy. Uh-oh, I lost you. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. So there we go. Okay. Okay. Yes, that thing was getting good. What you say? Now, what we're not going to do is what? Give it to him. Be 
shocker. What, what we're not gonna do is sit here every week talking about why you can't do something. Like that's what we're not doing, right? And so there are some people when it comes to careers, like they stop their own growth because they tell themselves, I can't, I won't. Um, what about this? What about that? And it's like overanalyzing and just them standing in their own way. And so that's how they get stuck in the jobs that they get stuck in because they're refusing to move, right? So they would rather just be a recipient of a circumstance versus creating their own opportunities. And I was like, I, I don't got the patience for this. So I stopped doing that. And so the part, <laughs> the part that really excited me though about career um, development was the branding piece, right? Like really people realizing their greatness and standing in that, right? So that's what excited me. So I kept that part. And so I also realized that entrepreneurs were people who needed that the most. So I still have out like some some job seekers from time to time when they come to me, but it's mostly like business owners who are trying to leverage LinkedIn because they've been using them like a resume this whole time. They're like, all right, Bianca, like how do I get clients off there? And so um, that's the space that I, I started to rock in. So in 2017, I finally like quit my job and I went and did that full time. And let me tell you, it was not pretty. <laughs> it was not pretty because I had no plan. Like they had gotten on my nerves and I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I had no money saved, no nothing. Right. And so the only thing that I had going on is at the time um, I was with my ex-fiance. He was like, oh, I really want you to run my business. And then I was working with another gentleman that I was potentially going to work on a project. Well, both things fell through. Right. My engagement fell through and, you know, me working on this other project. So I'm like, all right, how I'm going to make money. Like, you know, so my last couple of checks, um, you know, came through and then no more checks from the job. And it was like, I got to figure out how to make this work. So I started speaking. I started teaching classes. Um, I started doing Airbnb. Like, I mean, just, you know, just making sure that, you know, I was able to pay the bills in some way. And so what wound up happening in 2018 is I sold my house. And I was just like, all right, I need to figure out the next step of my journey. So I actually couch surfed for like a good six to eight months up and down the East Coast. So I stayed with like my parents, my sister, my homegirl. Like, um, it, I, you know, my little SUV was packed with stuff. Like it was it was great. And it was a very humbling experience. Right. Here. Wow. Yeah. And so what wound up happening is before I sold my house, I was asleep one day and I remember it like it was yesterday and I woke up and I said, okay, God, I heard you. Hmm. What he gave me in my dream was my next step. And it was brick rose, but it didn't have a name yet. It was like buy a building where you can run a business on the bottom and live on top of it. And so that's what I started to put together. And so, you know, as God always works, he's always on time, right? Yes, he is. Come on here now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I was in Charlotte um, for the summer of 2018, I was staying with my sister for a month. And so while I was there, I got a ticket to a, um, a Black Enterprise conference. And so a free ticket from one of the entrepreneurs in my network. And she was like, hey, I can't go. Do you want it? I was like, yeah, absolutely. Right. So I went to the conference in Charlotte. Guess what? I ran into a gentleman that I have run into at another conference in San Francisco like three months before or four months before. Right. So like the end of 2017. And we met again at this conference in 2018 in the summer. So actually, no, it's more than four months. It's like almost six months, six or seven months. And so. 
Um, we ended up in the same workshop. I was like, yo, ain't that? He's like, hey. And so we start talking in the workshop. He's like, do you want to go to lunch? I said, absolutely. So I started to tell him the seed of the idea that God gave me. He sat with me for two to three hours mapping out what this thing could be. Free of charge. Free of charge. Wow. Yes. (laughs) So I sat there and, you know, I'm taking notes, mental notes, written notes, all the notes. And um, I started to build brick roads. Like essentially the, the key component of the idea that he gave me was have your space be a space where it does pop up shops. So that's one of the services that we offer is space for pop up shops. And so, you know, all these chants, not chants. A divine alignment, I guess you can say, right? From selling my house to staying with my sister to getting the free ticket to the conference to going to this particular um, workshop, sitting in this particular row, literally three seats away from this gentleman that I had met a whole half a year before, and then him helping me flush out the idea for Brick Rose. And so that's what happened. The other part of this, too, is my really good homegirl. Um, I have, you know, you always brunching it up, right? So we went to play. And she said, I had the craziest dream. She said, I had the craziest dream. We went into business together. Right. And so a week after we had brunch and she brought that up, I found the building for Brick Rose. I called her back and I said, all right, so I guess your dream is about to come true. Yeah. (laughs) So she helped me to start pulling together the beginning steps of what Brick Rose could be. And it, again, all alignment, right? So this is pretty much the journey. And so even um, in 2018, we ran like a crowd, crowdfunding campaign. So really getting friends and family, you know, bought into the mission, letting them know what we were working on. And then unfortunately she had to drop out because she had some health issues, her and her mom or whatever like that. And then it was just like me and I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing this by myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, are you sure, guy, you want me to do this? And so the other thing that I think is really important for anyone listening is that when you get super clear and you don't play with God about what you want and you're you're very, very specific, let me tell you, I used to, I was doing a contract with National Geographic at the end of 2018, beginning of 2019. And so I would drive from D.C., to Philly back and forth. So I was staying between DC and my parents' house in Philadelphia. I would stop in Baltimore every time I was on my way up to Philly, on that block where Brick Rose was, went to the door, rubbed my hand on the front door, walked around the whole block, rubbed my hand on the back door, and came back again to close the circle, got in my car and left. And I did that every time that I left DC to go to Philly. And you know, at first it seemed a little crazy. It's like, oh, I'm getting out of this car and just rubbing my hand on the building. <laughs> but I wanted, I wanted God to know that I was serious about this. Like I was really, really serious about this. And so everything that could have gone wrong in getting the deal to buy, I actually bought the building. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. But at the end of the day, we were able to close on the building. Like even five minutes before I pulled up, my agent calls me and says, Bianca, do you have your checkbook? I was like, no, why? She goes, uh, they made a mistake on the taxes. You owe like $4,000. Like, I don't got no more money to give y'all. Like, Georgette, my, every account that I had was on zero when I was 
every account was on zero when I walked into that closing. Like I liquidated everything. My God. Right? And so when I got there and they were trying to figure out how they made this mistake. So the day before I had wired them like $52,000, right? I said, you sure that this, this is the amount that you need? Cause I don't got no more money to give you. They said, yes. Walk in there. They're talking about they need $4,000. I'm like, I told everybody in the room straight up. I ain't got it. So where y'all going to get it from? And they looked at me kind of crazy and they figured it out from the seller. The seller gave me like a thousand dollars. She, she was like really trying not to give me no money, but her agent was telling her like, look, if you don't do something, this whole thing gonna fall apart and you're going to lose like over, like almost close to 300. So you want to get her this thousand. So they worked that out. My agent um, took a hit to her commission, which I was like beyond grateful for the title company took a hit. And so between the three of them, they made up the $4,000. Jesus. <clears throat> My God, don't tell me what's not for you. It's not, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 but you're, you're absolutely right. Right. So I would say I was so worried in 2018, all we up until closing, because closing happened in December. So you figure I went a whole summer trying to make this deal come together. And so I was so worried of being seen as a fraud because I had gone so far mm. of telling everybody that I was buying this building. I needed their help. I was using their money to do it. And like, I was so fearful that I wouldn't have enough money by time closing happened that I couldn't buy it. And so all this communication, all these dreams, all these hopes would fall to the wayside because I felt like if it didn't happen, I would be a fraud. But look what, like you said, look what happened. It all came together. It all came. Together. Listen, there were many a nights where I was just like, oh my God, if this falls apart, like people going to be looking at me crazy. And it was just me, little me trying to pull all this money together. Yeah, but it happened. It happened. So... Yeah. So that's why I said I had to tell it in chronological order for people to like really get it. And so that's why when people tell me about the ideas of things that they want to do, I say, one, just start. You can't keep talking about it. You got to start because you starting it will let you know whether or not God really wants it, whether the people want it and whether or not it's going to be a thing that's going to keep going. So you got to start. But beyond starting, you got to have a faith. You got to show up in the work even when you're scared. I was frightened. Frightened. <laughs> Say that again, please. Say that again. I was frightened. Frightened. No one that I know of in my family has ever purchased a commercial building. While my, my building is not huge, it's small by most you know comparisons to commercial buildings, but it was going to be my little commercial building. And so... When you start thinking about generational wealth and Black people and real estate and owning land, this was a super huge feat from the little brown girl from North Philly. Yes, yes. Come on here in the room, girl. Come on in here in the room. Woo! I'm sorry. Yes, it, it was a super feat because I could have went the safe route and purchased a house and tried to do like Airbnb with it or whatever. But I was just like, I already had a house. 
let's get this commercial building. I didn't know how it was all going to come together. The, the The process of purchasing a commercial building is very different than um, residential. For those of you who want to know, it's a lot, not say harder, but they want a lot more documentation. They want more money. Um, and it's about patience. And then sometimes the type of building, there's different products that banks can't they may not have the product to be able to give you or lend you the money for the building. So I went through like 20 different banks, but I wasn't going to give up. So even my deal with the first bank actually fell through because when I went to, we got really close to closing the amount that we had agreed on on verbally was X amount of money. Right. When I got the contract to say, Hey, I want to get this money for this building the number was now $20,000 more than what we verbally agreed to. Wow. I don't know who they thought I was, that I belong to Oprah's family or something, but I ain't have an extra $20,000 like laying around, right? I barely had an extra two. And so I had to, I had to like end the relationship with that bank. One, because I shouldn't have found out that I needed an extra $20,000 by looking at a contract. And then two, they didn't have a good explanation other than, well, we just want to make sure our fees are covered um, to put it in there. So besides the point, so you imagine you get really close to making this deal. You got to get rid of your bank. And now after the 20 banks you already went through, find somebody else who is going to finance the deal. And so luckily my agent, black woman, amazing, um, made one phone call. She's like, look, I got somebody. He can get you to the person, but you're going to have to pay him a fee. And I was like, all right, at this point, we don't got a choice, right? Like, we, ne we need to make sure the deal goes through. And so, yeah, it, it was not easy. But I knew that in making that deal happen, I was like, okay, God, I heard you. So now I got to go do this work. And so I've been doing the work for almost three years now. And so even with COVID, it presented its own challenges being just imagine having a brick and mortar location that relies on foot traffic to now shutting it down for three to six months. What do you yeah. do with that? So what do you do? my little consulting company helped float <laughs> the brick and mortar. But yeah, so that's what happened. Exactly. Because actually, and I was supposed to be having an event there, too, but COVID hit. That's what mm -hmm. I was coming out with prayer tours and my final stop was going to be at Brick Rose Exchange. Mm -hmm. And then because of COVID, I didn't get to do it and I had to pivot and take everything virtual. And so, yeah, COVID was, but it wasn't all bad. I'm not going to, COVID was not all bad. It was right. not all bad. And so, wow, that's amazing. And so I, I want you to give like three nuggets Okay. On, and you kind of gave a couple, but I don't know if that's what you want to stay with, but drop three nuggets on how to be authentically, whatever that first initial is for the person that's listening right now. So if your name is John or, or Jill, like how drop three nuggets on how to be authentically J, you know, whatever your initial is and, you know, for people, because that right there, what you just gave, like, that was a whole, I hope y'all taking some notes. Like that was some nuggets. She dropped, <laughs> she dropped a few, but can you give like three, three more nuggets on how to authentically like just be who you are? I would say the first is being vulnerable, right? And so I'm not saying expose your whole life, expose everything, but expose something that one is relatable to people, 
And so even me, like, I didn't always feel comfortable telling people that when I left my job, I ain't have it figured out, right? Like, I eventually worked my way into it because most people, the fantasy is, is like, oh, I saved up six months of expenses and I had this big contract and then I made six figures in three months. No, I was poor. <laughs> I ain't going to even, I'm not going to even lie. I was so poor and I was just like, all right, how am I going to make up this six figure salary with no salary at all and no contracts? And so I got really creative. And like I said, you know, the Airbnb and then, um, you know, me speaking and, you know, doing some consulting, like I just figured it out. Right. And I eventually sold my house because it was the easier thing to do. And also I knew that that part of my story was coming to an end. I had already given up my job. The next thing was to give up the house to get to the happiness, the happiness in which I have now. So one vulnerability, right? I think two is not oh, authentic, not being afraid to be exactly who you are. Right. And so you talked about this. You like, you know, for those of you who can't see me, I'm moving my hands. Right. And so for those listening, they can imagine you moving your hands. Right. And so I think a lot of times people try to cover, they try to present themselves as professional because they think that that's what people want. No, people want to know that you're like them. Mm -hmm. Right. And so um, depending on where you catch me, you might catch me with some cuss words. I won't hear, <laughs> but because my father was, again, my dad was in the Navy, right? He was a sailor. Yeah. He talked to us like that. So, you know, that works for some people and it doesn't work for other people, right? But in my natural state, you might catch me, you know, drop, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> that's, that, I, that's that Philly, honey. I Trust me. I just talked about that this morning on my live, how I had to, at 13, drive a deuce in the corner and pick my mama up from the bar. Like, I mean, it's true. Like, I mean, it's real talk. Like, girl, I couldn't even see you. I had to drive Bianca with a pillow so I could go and get in the car so I could drive her home. And we talk about in North Philly, deuce in the corner down the... Come on now with the cars on both sides, like 13. I'm driving the Duke. But anyway, go ahead. That, go that ahead. is funny. But it's true. Like, it's, <laughs> it's real yes. cool. <laughs> yeah. And I think the other thing, too, is being okay with not being perfect. Mm. I tell you, as a recurring perfectionist, um, you know, you, you come from a space, especially if you work in corporate, of like everything needs to be tight. Right. And I think as an entrepreneur, people appreciate everything not being tight because it doesn't feel so scripted. It doesn't feel prepackaged. It doesn't feel inauthentic. And I don't know, for me, I get a little worried when I see somebody who's always buttoned up all the time. Right. And even if their marketing is, but when they get on stage or they're on podcasts and every word is carefully selected and all the T's are crossed and all the dies are added, like I'm bored. Like I'm just <laughs> bored. I would rather hear the stories about you, you know, sitting on the pillow going to pick up your mom from a bar. Right. Well, I would want to hear that. Like I don't want to hear the story of where everything in your life has gone right because it's just like, all right, well. What didn't go right? Oh, nothing. Everything was perfect. You're a lie. You're a lie. And so even the story that you had pointed out, um, I think I had said in there about my cousins, like I didn't even know her. Right. I didn't know her. I wouldn't have been able to um, spot her on the street if she walked past me, but I still mm -hmm. felt something. 
right? I feel, I feel bad that she lost her life. I feel bad that she lost her life so young. I feel bad that her mother, she was her daughter's, um, she was her only, um, her mother's only daughter. That's what I'm trying to say. So I can only imagine the pain that my cousin feels from her daughter. Like that's a really, murder in general is a really sad, negative, and hurtful way to lose somebody. Because it's like, mm -hmm. one, you can't prepare for that, right? It's all it's always all of a sudden. It's always like they're in the wrong place at the wrong time. And sometimes, depending on who it is and what they do, they may not have even had anything to do with it. Typically, when women are caught in mur murders, most times they don't have anything to do with it. They were just in the wrong place at the wrong time or with the wrong person. And so... I don't know. I just felt bad. But even with me sharing those stories, they have nothing to do with Brick Rose. They have nothing to do with my digital marketing. But what it does have to do with is me as a person. And so people get to get that insight, right? They're like, oh man, like something similar happened to me or that happened to my little cousin or that was almost me, right? And so, you know, being able to connect with me on that human level, I think is really important. So I think all of those things, not being perfect, um, you know, being vulnerable and just showing up who you are, I think is is the key to like really being human online. So yeah, it makes you relatable. Like yeah. it makes you, you know, just like me. It makes you, it makes everyone equal. Yes. On a, even on a, on a, you know, level playing field, like, because we all have experienced loss. Mm -hmm. You are, I don't care who you serve. I don't care what you do. I don't care how much money you got. I don't, we all have lost something. And if you haven't, just keep living because you will. <laughs> yeah. And then the other side, the other side of the coin too is, is that we all have triumphed, right? And so even acknowledging in your triumph who helped you get there. So that's why it was really important for me to say the gentleman, even though I didn't name him, but you know, the chance encounter of running into him again and him being a springboard of like putting the brick road seed that God gave me into the soil and started to like water it. Like that was huge to me. And so it's so funny. I actually saw that he's a part of like a venture capitalist fund in um, Atlanta right now. So he had posted about raising like $50 million. And so I messaged him personally. I hadn't talked to him since then. Right. And I said, Hey, just so that, you know, Brooke Rose is doing really well. And he was like heart emoji. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And so that, you know, we just have to be um, open and my word, God gave me the word in 2020, like when COVID was strong and everything like woke. And so to me, like that just speaks to the volumes of that word being woke because mm -hmm. you could have missed that. You know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. we have to always be woke to what is really going on. And sometimes we're so busy that we're not woke to things that are right there in front of us. And so I kept mm -hmm. saying all of 2020, like, oh my God, like be woke too. Yes, it's COVID. And yes, all of these terrible things are happening in the world. But are you woke to what it is that God wants you to see? What God wants you to be doing in the turmoil, in the midst of all of these things that are going on? Mm -hmm. You still have to be woke. 
to what's right in front of you and what is it what part do you play in all of this in this pandemic and all of you know the police brutality like you gotta be woke and so mm-hmm. you were woke I mean like and now look and so and speaking of that like when did things start turning around? Because, you know, Brick Rose, like you have gotten the Amex Awards and like the Comcast Rise, like she on TV one, y'all, like commercials <laughs> and like, ooh, come to Brick Rose. <laughs> I'm like, oh! <laughs> so, <laughs> let me, so this might turn into being a word all in itself. So I think this is going to be really powerful what I'm about to say. Um, so when I got the building, I got the keys in December 2018. The beginning of 2019 up until maybe like August to September was rough. And it was rough because I let self-doubt in that God made a mistake. Mm. Like I had been in a place where I was like, God made a mistake because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Right? Like I went from being a tech project manager, a, pro- a tech project manager to running an event space. I had no idea what I was doing. And so that's why I was trying to partner up with my girlfriend because she that is her background, right? And so when she had to like, you know, fall back because of personally what was happening, it was like, I gotta figure this out. And so I'll say this, um, there were some people in some relationships that I had in 2019 that wasn't helping the situation, right? Like. It just wasn't. And so when I decided to say, you know what, enough is enough and I needed to cut these people and these relationships out. Um, this is the beautiful thing about healing. Sometimes you got to heal alone. Mm-hmm. So I got the message in the word that it's like you need to go into isolation. So I went into isolation. It was just me and Brick Rose. I was upstairs, you know, the business was downstairs. And there were a lot of times at the end of 2019 where I just spent time by myself in the space upstairs. And it was about getting clarity, um, redefining what love was, um, redefining boundaries. And it wasn't until I put these three words first as my core foundation, love, peace, and harmony, that's when massive change started in my life. Because what I said was for anything or anyone that comes into my space, they have to represent these things. They have to be an extension of these things and in, in a good way, right? If, they not, if they're not, then they have no business being here. They have no business being around me. And Georgia, my life transformed. It transformed. Like I started feeling better about myself. I start speaking to more people with love. I start having more peace and patience with others. I I purposely wanted to create and be in harmonious environments. And so when I did that, people fell away to the wayside and then new people came in. And so from there, from the end of 2019 through 2020, amazing things started happening. So the people who were around were telling me about opportunities. Um, Amex was, I'll never forget Amex because I was telling um, the, the one of the young ladies who works with me about it. One day I was sitting by the window and I was telling her she works out of California with me. And I said, you know, something he's telling me to, you know, um, update this crowdfunding page that we did in 2018, right? So there was an email from the CEO of the platform, iPhone Women, and she said, hey, 
I want you guys to update your pages. I didn't know why. She just said, oh, we're working with a couple of corporate sponsors. We'll see if we can get y'all some grants. I'm thinking, yeah, 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 whatever, right? But um, I'm talking to the young lady who's working with me and I put it off, right? I was like, I'm putting it off, I'm putting it off. And then in that one conversation, I said, I feel like I'm supposed to update this page. I'll never forget it. Update the page. I get an email that said I was a finalist for the award right for the amex award so i'm like oh shucks i gotta get my makeup together got my jacket on like i gotta put that really well because i really want this right georgette why did i get on the phone i'm up here trying to hype up brick rose telling the amazing things that we're doing in the community how we're helping artists how we're helping families how we're helping you know couples how we're just helping right the baltimore community and then it's like all right so bianca we have something to tell you and i'm like well what's that there's like well you're not technically a, a finalist. And so I looked real confused, right? I looked really confused. They said, you actually won. Girl, I start crying. <laughs> I start crying right there on the spot. I said, please tell me you're not joking. And they said, no, Bianca, we're not joking. You're one of the 100 who won. And I'm up here trying to flex. I'm trying to like, you know, you know, give them all the moves for brick rolls or whatever. But I had already won, right? I'm, I'm glad you're cracking up. But like that's like we're talking about so much emotion, so much like I am so thankful that most of the time when God tells me to do something, I listen. And so I'm glad that in this particular vein, I listened, updated it. And then all of a sudden we got $25,000 and it came at the perfect time because we really needed it. And so I was just like, it's just, it's just amazing. So I think the most important thing that I want people to get out of what I'm sharing is that if your life is not going in the direction that you want to, you may have to start breaking down some of the fundamental beliefs that you have redefining them or get rid of them, getting rid of them altogether and just pulling in new ones, right? And so for when I was saying the relationships that I had with the people in 2019, the core problem that I identified is that my definition of love was just jacked up. Mm. It was just jacked up, right? And so when I was like, all right, forget this, let's do like throw it in the trash, control, alt, delete. Um, <laughs> We will build no seriously control all delete like like get rid of it like right now and rebuild. I'm gonna make a t-shirt that I just I got right there there because I think I'm gonna make a t-shirt that just have those words on it control all delete you got to and so that was my foundation I now wanted to be a person that only spoke of love and was of love and was showing people love and hopefully getting love back so I had to redefine it because whatever definition I had before allowed these relationships it allowed this run over of boundaries it allowed situations that I didn't want and it was just like all right this got to go. I got to rebuild it. What is my new definition now? And when I did that, put peace and put harmony on top of it, my life transformed. Like I can't, I can't really describe it any other way. And of course I still believe that I need to go see a therapist. Right. But that was the, that was the first step of me pulling my life together or just saying, you know what, I got to redefine this thing. And then I need to be alone to be able to heal from all the stuff that I've been through so that I don't continue to pass that on to other people. So, and that's what I did. So then Amex came through, 
Comcast came through. We got a feature in um, Baltimore Wedding Magazine. We got a grant from a local organization called Collectively in the City. Uh, we got a feature in Baltimore Sun. So it's just like, you know, when we started, when I started to do the work on myself, that energy and God said, okay, now you're ready for all the things that I want to give you now. So hold, hold on to your britches. And so that that's what happened. And through the impact that we had with Brick Rose, more people start talking about the space. And so the feature in the Baltimore Sun came from one of the young ladies who works with us. She was like, oh my God, Bianca, you're so great. Let me pitch you for a story. I'm like, yeah, please do. And we got picked. And so that particular um, that particular story, when I posted it on like LinkedIn has done extremely well. I'm talking like tens of thousands of views. And so I'm just like, I'm here for all the greatness, all, all the great things, all the good things that we deserve and want them to come as easily as possible with very little resistance. So yeah, impact is important. We can't just have businesses that um, make our pockets fat. We just can't do that. Like we're in a space now where you should find a way to impact your immediate community. And if not your immediate community, some community of people, some way, somehow. So um, yeah, that's, that's that. That's fire. I'm telling y'all, y'all better. If y'all in this DMV area, you looking for a space. I'm just saying. <laughs> Brick Rose is the place. Look, and I love it too. And I, I love because guess what? Because now I was able through you, I hooked up with someone else and been able to do my girl M. So, you know, Emily, and then she wound up doing some work for me. And like, so that is what it's all about. Like the the connection and the collaboration. I even went to Puerto Rico, like, and visited her. Like, I got to meet her because I only knew her. Like, I met her virtually. Literally, mm -hmm. virtually, we met in the LinkedIn training, and yeah. then I was able to go and visit. Like, I mean, so mm -hmm. that's what it's all about, like, building these lasting relationships and, you know, and then growing them and, and continuing to grow. So, mm -hmm. I, we almost, I only have a couple more questions. So, okay. the last one, I, I well, not the last one, I want to ask, because we kind of touched on that too, like right where you left off for, for the person who, you know, has put in the blood, the sweat, the tears, we all, the time, the money, like whatever it is, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of these things that we continue to do, who's listening right now, who may catch it later, like what can you tell them? When they're like, I'm done, like not even D-O-N-E, like they, I'm done, D-U-N with an exclamation mark at the end. Like that's when you know I have been there, you laughing, so I know you've yeah. been there. <laughs> yeah. I know you have been there. So just like, and we'll just make it, what three things can you tell this person? Because that is not a fun place to be in. It is not a, um, it's not cute, like. I know you didn't, I didn't cry so many tears. I still cry tears and yeah. it, it, it's not easy in these entrepreneur streets, as you say, and the people who make it seem like, you know, bam, just one day I woke up and now, no, it takes time. It takes years. It takes pivoting. It takes, you know, different iterations. Hello. When I first met you, like this was not what I was doing. I mean, like, so it is, but it is like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, we 
we just got to keep moving, but I'm going to be, so what three things, because Bianca is a true, I'm telling y'all, Bianca is a true example of people may look and say, oh my God, like she just blowing up, but you don't, did you just hear what this woman said about that, selling her is, house and yeah, living in years? Seven, seven years of learning lessons and trying to apply what worked and what didn't work and, and, and even gauging my own energy of like what I feel like I'm called to do. Like there's plenty of things that I can do to make way more money than I'm, I'm, I'm making now. Right. Mm. One is tech project management, but them people drove me crazy in corporate. So I don't want to do that again. Right. I would rather do the work that I'm doing now, especially through Brooke Rose and helping people build platforms. And so there's the constant struggle of that. Like I can make, some nice change, nice, nice change by managing people's technology projects. Like I have all the credentials, the MBA, the PMP, the years of it, the Pulitzer, like I can do that like easily quarter of a million dollar business, half a million dollar business, but I don't want to. <laughs> so I think the most important thing, one, one of the things of the three is just don't give up. Don't give up. Even if you decide that, you know what, this particular business isn't for you, figure out what you liked about it and what you didn't like and then create something else. There's um, an entrepreneur. Um, his name is Freddie. I don't remember his last name. He runs Urban Intellectuals. I think it's like a card game or something like that. And he's a millionaire now. But he went through, I think he, Urban Intellectuals is his seventh business. Hmm. So he went through the one, it didn't work, it failed, whatever. It started the second one, it didn't work, it failed, started the third one, and so on and so on. And so you're talking about resilience, right? It's like you just got to figure out, you got to keep trying until you find a thing that works, especially if you're like really dedicated to being an entrepreneur and being a business owner. Because I would say what I learned is over the last few years is that it's the impact it's the impact that is going to help you succeed, not necessarily faster, but succeed where people feel like they want to share your mission with other people. Like it's great that you're making a lot of money, right? For whoever. But the 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 organizations, the businesses that we remember are the ones who make the most impact. So I would say that's the first thing. Don't give up. The second thing is, is have a very small group of people that you talk to, that you talk to about your dreams, your aspirations, what you want to do. You want people who are doing just as good as you, good as you, if not better. Right. And also who are very supportive of what you're doing, but are not afraid to tell you where you can improve because that's where the money is. The money is in the spaces that we need to improve. And so if you're like hard-headed Bianca, <laughs> you might have to hear something a couple of times before you make a change, but eventually you make the change. So imagine if I wasn't hard-headed and made the change as soon as I heard it, how much faster, you know, brick rolls or even the consulting business could grow, right? So I think that's the second thing. And I think the third thing is if you can find a way to identify, I know this sounds so trite and so um, cliche, but identifying your why, right? And so not just stopping at the first level of why, but getting as deep and as granular as you can. So on those days where you feel like giving up, you're just like, all right, this is why I'm doing it. So the first why could be is, oh, I want to make money, right? 
The second why or the one underneath that is I want to make money because I saw how my parents struggled and I vowed that that's never, that's not what I ever want to do again, right? That underneath that could be, I don't want to struggle because as a kid, I remember asking my parents for something and they couldn't afford it or, you know, knowing not to ask them because they couldn't afford it. Right. And, you know, wanting to put your, your kids in a situation where they'll be better off than what you were. So. Awesome. All right. So this is a question that I ask all of my listeners. What does prayer mean to you? What does prayer mean to me? Um, I think that, no, I think I know it's is a direct conversation with God, right? It's a direct conversation with God. I think that we can pray anywhere at any time, but I want to say that it has to be intentional, right? So you just can't pray for something and do no work. That's not how this works. Um, you know, people want to be millionaires. Let's just say they want to win the lottery, but don't go buy a lottery ticket. No, <laughs> that's you can't do that, right? And so that's what I think prayer is. Prayer is a direct conversation with God with you intentionally knowing that you have work to do and you're committed to doing it. So I prayed about Brick Rose. I, you know, wrote about Brick Rose. I rubbed my hand on the door of Brick Rose and all of it, listen, all of it was prayer, right? This was me letting God know I was super serious even though I didn't know how I was going to do it and manage it, I was just super clear on like, this is what I know the next step is based on what you told me. And he was like, all right, it ain't going to be easy, but I'm going to give you this thing. And then it's up to you on how you get to the next, the, the next gifts. Right. And so I really honestly believe that, you know, in getting the keys and getting the money um, to buy Brick Rose that um, it was getting the renovations done. I had no idea how I was going to get the renovations done. And actually, this is a part of the story that I haven't actually told too many people is I was working on a contract all the way up until March. They chose not to renew it. And so I now had to find money to do this renovation without making money at Brick Rose. So it's just like, <laughs> I wow. just was, yeah, I was just determined not to give up. So a lot of stuff got put on credit cards because I didn't think about putting or wrapping the renovation costs into the actual mortgage of the building, which I know for the future, if I do this again, that's what I'm going to do, right? So that it doesn't come out on personal credit. But like I was already in my mind thinking, oh, I'm going to keep this contract job for however long. And so, and that's the other thing that I think is really important too, is that for people who are working, don't always believe that your job is always going to be around. Don't always yeah, don't always believe that you're always going to have time because you don't. And so that's why I always tell people, get started. Just get started so that you can start learning the stuff you don't know faster and that you can start solving for the problems you don't know you'll have when you have an investor, right? Where you can throw a couple hundred on that. But imagine not having a job, not having a contract and like, all right, I only got 10,000 on these three credit cards. <laughs> what am I going to do? So I think all of that is important. Hmm. Yes. All right. Well, 
we are coming down to the end. This is the last question. And I love this because this, this is what everybody, I love seeing their faces. And even though when it drops, the audience can't see your face, but uh-huh. I always do some Bible trivia with everybody. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to tell you right now. It's going to be zero. <laughs> it's going to be zero. Listen, it's for teaching purposes, Miss Teacher. Okay. We teach. Listen, that's this is how I get to teach. This is how I get to learn as well, because then I have to do the research. Okay. But it is it, and it's multiple choice. It's only okay. one question, so you you okay. got a you you got a chance. You know, you Miss Tech, like put some of that. You know that that <laughs> that technical brain. Okay, okay. so which woman in the bible that i'm going to name which of these women was considered a successful business woman okay, okay. there was a successful business woman i thought about i was like oh yeah that, that's fitting for bianca so a lydia b is mary c is jezebel d is martha Ooh, so let me just tell you the name i had in my mind was not a name you mentioned so we know that's not an answer we're gonna go no to Jezebel because it don't look like she she out here making money the legal way. Um, <laughs> so we got we got Lydia, Martha, and then who was the other person? Mary. Mary. Mary was Jesus's mom, so I'm gonna say no. So we got Lydia and Martha. You know what? We're gonna go with Martha because she sound like a boss. <laughs> Well, good, 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 good choice, but that's not it. It's actually Lydia, and then you can find that in the book of Acts. Lydia was actually the woman who was making, like, the cloth and all of that, and she was a merchant, and so when you get a chance, Mm -hmm. yes, that came from the book. But, hey, nice try, but guess what? Now you will never forget it, and so the next time when somebody asks you that question or Mm -hmm. when you run across that story in the Bible, you're going to be like, you're going to think about Georgette, see? Hey! I am going to think about Georgette. So, but real quick though, did she only make cloth? She didn't. No, she had a, she was like a boss business. So she was actually, I'm going to read to you. Okay. She did. That was a, most people know her from the, it was like a purple, like this really expensive cloth. And she was known for manufacturing that. And so in the book of Acts, it is Acts the 16th chapter. And it says on the, I'm going to actually start at verse 13. On the Sabbath, we went to a little way outside the city to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. And we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshiped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her household were baptized and she asked us to be her guests. And so she was like, not only that, but like she was like a boss of her home, like everything. She was all encompassing of what it was back then to be like a boss lady, like from mm-hmm. her house to her business and all of that. And so, yeah. So that's why I thought about you because when I, I was like, oh, what question I'm going to give her? And so, mm-hmm. and I know, like you said, you started with this whole love and the husband. And so, we praying on that too. Well, I don't know. I, I I don't know. Is that what you what what do you foresee in the future for that that portion of your life? I'll let you answer that because I can't yeah. for you. 
So, you know, what's so funny. I actually just had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. Well, actually not a couple of weeks ago, maybe like a, a week or two ago. Um, I see it as definitely a strong partnership. I'm not sure if I'm like really with the whole marriage thing. I, I don't know. I think I, we need to get through the first step. We need to get through the first step of like having a really strong union. And then we can talk about whether or not marriage makes sense to us. But the most important thing is the union. I know too many married couples who aren't happy. Mm. And, um, and also sometimes I think a lot of women focus on the actual day versus the relationship. And so I don't want, I don't want to be that. Right. So I would rather, you know, put our energy into the relationship and defining what we want it to be. And if we want to go the traditional normal route of like standing in front of God and saying, Hey, we're going to do this forever. Then we can do that. But as long as that person feels like they want to do what we have together without standing in front of God, I think that might be a good first step. So we'll see. Awesome. I love it. Well, I'll be praying um, for you, not just for that, but for everything. I I mean, I pray for you anyway, but I will definitely keep that. You know what? This made me think of another question really quick because I interviewed someone and she was married before and she's divorced now, but she was saying that, you know, uh, and we were talking about marriage and it was so funny. And I'm like, okay, because, you know, I had interviewed like three people back to back who were divorced. And I was like, people are going to be like, okay, Georgia, like what is going Like, are you down on marriage? Like you're trying to tell us, <laughs> but it wasn't that. But anyway, she was saying, no, like, you know, I want to get married again, but she has like four businesses. And so she just dropped the nugget and was like, Georgette, you know what though? I am definitely going to have to find somebody like, and she's talking about like a prenup and all of this stuff. And so she's like, you know, I lost a lot in my first marriage and I'm not going to do that again. And so it was just quite interesting because you usually don't hear, you know, women talk about that. And so just tell me really quick, like, what do you feel about it? Because you do like you have built some businesses here you know and you have some things that you can leave behind and so what do you feel about that that that'll be our last question before yeah i mean i think it's a really great question and i think only women who have built significant things even think about that right and so um you know that i wouldn't say like it's a major concern of mine but it is a thought that's in the back of my mind of like all right can we have something where if we don't work we both leave with what we came with right um and nothing more and so i think that's the other thing um you know i'm kind of seeing someone now who was married but now divorced and we had the conversation on whether or not he would get married again and he was like you know he's open to it but you know he's okay if he doesn't right and so he said the same thing that he lost a lot too like literally everything that he had stayed in that home that he just left because he didn't want it to be drawn out they had kids so he didn't want to disrupt his kids life or whatever so he just left with i guess the clothes he had on his back and was starting to build over so yeah i mean is a prenup necessary I don't know. I, I think it will depend on how much I have at that point in time, right? Like if I'm on <laughs> over level, right? Oh, we definitely gotta get a prenup, right? Like, yeah. But um, well, I should say when I get to Oprah's level, yeah. Yes, I was about to say that's right. Don't claim it. Claim it. Yes, indeed. Yeah, we so. never know. We never know what God has in store for us. That's just like this week. I've been calling this week. 
Um, and I know this will drop later, but I, I've been calling this miracle week. Like I'm expecting mm-hmm. some miracles. Yes. And, and at first I was saying I was expecting a miracle. And then I had to, I thought about it and I said, no, I said, I'm expecting some miracles, not just for me, but I'm expecting some miracles for people that I'm attached to some people that I don't even know. I'm just expecting some miracles this week. So I'm a I'm expecting some miracles for you. And miracles is just something that we wasn't even expecting. Like people think when they hear the word miracle, like it has to be the sky crackling open and God speaking. Like a miracle is just something that you was not expecting to happen. That you get a package in the mail that someone was thinking about you. Like that's a miracle. Like, I mean, it it, it yeah. wasn't something that you were expecting. And so just you go and get a miracle this week. I'm claiming yeah, it for you. You know, it was really well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And I actually kind of prayed for someone else this morning. So thank you for that. That that feels good. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We're all connected. All right. So I want to thank you, thank you, thank you. And the two last things, I thank you. I do not take it lightly. Two last things, please let the people know how they can find you, how they can support you, how they can connect to you, how they can follow you, how can they book brick like all to give all give every all get all your stuff everything everything everything. yes because i'm all about that and then the last thing that i want you to do is just whatever it is that you want to leave with the audience some encouraging words whatever is led on your heart to leave with them but give them give them your everything trust me y'all this is a person that you want to connect with and um trust me so yes. go ahead. All right. So from a personal perspective, so with LinkedIn and stuff like that, I'm on LinkedIn, Bianca J. Jackson. I'm Bianca J. Jackson on Instagram. Right now, my Instagram is open, but we'll see how long until I want to close it. Uh, when it comes to Brick Rose, Brick Rose Exchange, um, that's the name on IG. BrickRoseExchange.org is the website. And so you can contact us through there if you want to use the space um, or inquire about using the space. And so we're really primarily looking, well, you know what, we hold um, business retreats, um, weddings at this space. You know, sometimes people bring other social events like parties and dinner parties and workshops and things like that. So we're open to all those things. A lot of times we hold art shows. So I'm excited to bring some of those back as the world is changing um, to a new normal. Right. And so let's see, parting words. What do I want to leave people with? I guess that's partly it. Um, There's no going back to normal. This is a new normal. And so I would want everyone listening here is don't think that your life is going to return to how it used to be. What you're experiencing now is the new normal. And so the only difference will be is that you'll have more opportunity to go outside and travel. That's pretty much it. Um, There may be um, some companies requiring employees to go back in offices, but know that you have the talent and the strength and the skills to um, work from home if you want to continue to do that. And even if that means leaving where you are, if that means you starting your own side hustle, if that means taking your side hustle and making it full time, all the things that you've enjoyed in this, I'm going to call it reset, that you really enjoy, you really want to continue doing Find ways to continue doing it. Don't don't let any <laughs> don't let your corporation's agenda change your agenda. <laughs> mm. So yeah, find ways to keep doing all the things that you've enjoyed doing over the last year. Absolutely. 
Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right, y'all. Well, Bianca J. Jackson from yes, Philadelphia. Yes. yes, yes, my hometown. It has been a pleasure and an honor. I'm glad that you afforded me this opportunity. I learned some new things about you. I appreciate mm -hmm. it. I do not take it lightly sitting down with people and them giving me their time because time is something that we cannot give back. And so I Absolutely. honor that. I treasure that. I really appreciate that. And I, I, I just like people to know that because time is money as people say and it's something that you cannot get back so Absolutely. all right y'all i thank y'all thank y'all thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of praying and preaking with your girl georgette aka the preaker y'all know what i always say i will see y'all on the next episode deuces and we are out bye everybody have a good one take care Lord, put your prayers up. Prayers up. Yeah, prayers up. Yeah, prayers up. Yeah, prayers up. Yeah. Blessings yeah. from the Lord, put yeah. your prayers up. Yeah. Prayers up. Yeah. Prayers up.